I've had such a um, great time so far. Uh, your pastors are wonderful people. Uh, they are a blessing and real Christians. So you guys are blessed this morning. Just give me a second. I'm trying to arrange myself. Amen. I bring greetings from my husband as well, Pastor Stephen. He says hello to all of you. So let's start this morning with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you and we give you praise, Lord God, for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for everything that you are doing in our midst, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for everything. Uh, for bringing me safely here, for bringing all the members safely this morning, for your provisions, for your hand, Lord God, that is so mighty. I just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our midst. Lord, as, as we break word together and as we go through your scripture, may you speak, Lord God, to each and every single soul. May you cause change and transformation, Lord God. May you bring us to a place, O Lord God, that you touch us, Lord, exactly where we are. May each and every single person in this room leave, Lord God, not the same they came in, but may they leave blessed, Lord, with something from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Okay, so this morning, um, I want to touch on a topic and it is called Relentless. Relentless. So the theme for this year is the pursuit of Christ, right? That's our theme. Uh, I'm sure Pastor Robert has already spoken about it and established it. It's the pursuit of Christ and it's taken from 1 Chronicles 16, 11. And I was thinking uh, about that topic and thinking to myself, Lord, how will we be successful in our year as we pursue Christ, right? Depending on wherever we started with the year, you know, whatever point that we're at in our life and how do we pursue Christ? How will we be successful? And the one word that came to me was relentless, relentless. So when we think of that word, right? And we think about pursuing something or pursuing anything. In order to be actually successful in the pursuit of something, we have to be relentless, right? If we want to pursue a career, how will we actually attain it? It's because we're relentless. When an Olympian decides that they want to run for the Olympics, what do they have to do? They have to be relentless. They have to be able to say to themselves, this is what I want. I don't want anything else. And they have to keep going no matter what. So what does that tell me about being relentless? That tells me that relentless is a mindset. Everybody say with me, relentless is a mindset. So it means to make a promise to not let up in our intensity, strength, or pace in what we are seeking. In our case, right, when it comes to Christ, it will be a commitment or promise to seek Christ. 
It means we know what we want and we're not stopping until we get it. There is a woman in scripture that came immediately to my mind when I thought about being relentless in our pursuit of Christ. And that is the woman who got healed from the issue of blood. So let's look at her story this morning. Let's go to Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to use Luke for a reason. I think Luke, because he's a physician, takes it from that point of view. And he has that perspective and understands what that disease entails and how it's like. So there's certain details in that story. And I'll use Luke mainly. So let's go to Luke chapter 8, verses 43 to 48, and we're going to read it. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him, and now she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. If we fully understand the culture of the day and the event of the day, we also understand that this woman was relentless in her pursuit. She exhibits what I believe is what it looks like to pursue Christ relentlessly. And there's a couple of things I'm going to outline here before I actually get into my points. I want us to understand a little bit. She suffered 12 years with this disease. She spent 12 years of loneliness. She spent 12 years of suffering. Can we, can we fully grasp the 12 years. So when in this day, when the issue is something like bleeding, that person is ostracized from the community. They are not allowed to come to synagogue and commune with the other women. They're not allowed to touch anybody. They're not allowed to go to the market. They're not allowed to do a lot of things because of this condition because they considered it to be unclean but she still shows up in a crowd and pushes her way through we have to understand that mindset right remember we said relentless is a mindset there's a certain mindset so the first thing our first my first point this morning is going to be allow Jesus to shift our mindset. Amen. Amen. Allow Jesus to shift your mindset. In order to pursue Christ, we have to allow for Jesus to come in and change the way that we perceive and the way we think. 
how are we going to do that, right? So there's a, there's first thing. In, 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 in Mark, it says it this way, okay? I, I wanted to um, show you this one. It says she said to herself in Mark. In the book of Mark, it recounts the story as she said to herself, if only I will touch his garment. What are those things that you constantly roll in our mind? What do we say on a consistent basis to ourselves? Is it aligning with what God says about us, about you? Does it reflect Jesus' best for uh, us? Because she was already setting up her mind. She said, if only. It was a, self, a self-talk. She's talking to herself. And she's saying, if only I could touch the hem of his garment. Right? And some of us struggle with this. Some of us think it's become... The, the talk, the self-talk has become so normal to us. So normal. We, um, in our families, the way we grew up, they kind of, they, not kind of, they do. They form the way that we think and we perceive things. And sometimes they're faulty scripts that we tell ourselves over and over. Here are some. All my life I have struggled with this problem. It's never going to change. This has become my life. Is this a correct script? If it's not one thing, it's going to be another. That's another one, right? When will my life change? Right? We feel stuck in a rut. I always mess things up. This is what God is saying. What is God saying? Let's look. These are just some things that I think are very common things. For each and every single person, that self-narrative is different. And there are certain self-narratives that are going to require, and I'll get into that a little bit later, um, a little more in depth, okay? But the truth is that life has problems. And everybody has problems. And the scripture says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The truth is that we do make mistakes, but the scripture says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What is our self-narrative? What are we telling ourselves that has to shift? We have to allow God to come in. The battle starts in the mind first. The battle starts in the mind first. So the next point here under self-narratives is be willing to identify. The next thing is we have to be willing to tell ourselves that maybe I do have some things I keep setting myself up for. I keep doing it to myself on a consistent basis, telling myself this thing is not going to work. I don't think this is the... But God has said... This is where you're going. This is what I want you to do, and you will be successful. But you have to be relentless. So mindset, we have to shift that. 
So I said that sometimes you might need a counselor, depending on what your self-narrative has been and how ingrained and how deep it can be. And my scripture that I'm going to use to support that is James 5.16. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Sometimes when we bring certain things out to light and tell it to a trusted person, that light crushes that self-narrative. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to be able to have somebody that we tell what our issue is. Amen? Does that make sense? Because the thing what the enemy wants is to keep us secluded, thinking that it's only you with the problem. But one moment you speak it out and you tell somebody, it could be a mentor, it could be a pastor, it could be a professional counselor. So long as that person is the person that is trusted and you've prayed about it, God has led you to this person, this is a good person, and you feel comfortable and at peace. Because that's going to be important. And you share that. The the enemy won't be able to trap you anymore on that. Okay? Amen? Okay. The next thing that's going to be really important and I wanted to save the best for last, is renew our minds with the word of God. When it comes to renewing our minds, I'm really big on this, is biblical meditation. When we have a self-narrative, right, that we're telling ourselves, I won't, this will never happen, this was my family, my family suffers from this, my mother suffered from this, I'm going to suffer from, this is not a biblical self-narrative. This is not what the Bible teaches us. We have to break those cycles. So the, the word of God is going to be crucial. The word, and the thing we have to understand about the word is the word is powerful. Period. That's it. No ifs, no ands, no buts, nothing. It is power. What the word says it will do, it will do. It's assignment that you send it to do, it will accomplish it. It's not going to change. It's not going to say maybe. It's not going to bend at the end. It's going to take you all the way through. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That means that when you throw the word of God in that negative self-narrative, it's like throwing a wrench and going, pop. I'm not doing that no more. We're not going there no more. When you throw that word, it's like throwing a sword in it and saying, stop, no. I'm going to change my story. I'm going to change this cycle. This is not where I'm going anymore. That was my family. That's not going to be me. That was my friend. That's not going to be me. This is what was told to me by a teacher, but that's not me because that's not what the scripture says. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So biblical meditation. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect will of God. 
How will we know what God wants if we don't spend time chewing on his word? Chewing on his word. I don't care if that word takes, if you sit on one scripture all ear that God keeps speaking to you about and you sit on it for the whole ear, I guarantee you 2,000% that you will not be the same. Why? Because the word is power. Amen? We have to be relentless in our pursuit of Christ. And when we are relentless, this is the thing about being relentless. You are guaranteed results. You will have a result in your pursuit of being relentless with Christ. But the battle will start with our mind. Okay? That's number one. Number two. This is number two. When we're running any type of race, a runner needs to get rid of certain things in order to get to his destination and his goal. What does a runner need to do? He wears very light clothing. Have you seen the runners? And they lose weight. They're very thin. So the one thing that we're going to need to lose is weight. And I'm talking about physical weight. I'm not trying to tell you that. Not physical weight now. That's not what I'm saying. That's not that kind of weight. I'm telling you you should lose. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily snares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In this scripture, Paul is describing and exhorting the people to keep the faith and press forward. He was telling them to lay aside every weight. And that's the part I want to focus on. Anything that chokes or keeps you from growing or maturing in your faith, in your pursuit of Christ, you see it, but something keeps holding you down. What is that thing? What is that thing that doesn't allow you to chase God a hundred? Right? The image that I get in my mind when I think about that is a ball and chain. And I'm not talking about your spouse, the ball and chain, all right? Don't go, don't go there now. Let's keep it, let's keep it in the scripture. Not that. It is not what I'm talking about. Okay. You know the back in the day in the long time ago. Now they have different types of chains they keep prisoners in. But they had a strap on the ankle and a heavy, heavy ball at the end of it. And what that does is the prisoner can't go, they can't run. It keeps them from running. And it prevents them from being able to to get away, escape, or run away. So sometimes in our relationship with Christ, we carry a ball and chain, okay? And it's slowing us down. So I'm gonna, I don't know what that is for you, and what I'm going to say is we need to pray about them. Some of us know what it is, we struggle with it, and you need to pray about it and have that mindset. That's how we started with the first one, because when we make up our mind, it's going to be easier to get rid of the weight. Okay, 
So some of the important things, I'm just going to highlight two that I just believe are extremely important. One way is bad habits. Bad habits. This is a big one. What is that bad habit that you do? Do we enjoy? I mean, I love entertainment. You can ask my husband. I love entertainment. But it cannot be my primary thing. I have to lay it aside. Do we watch a little too much Netflix or Hulu? Do we spend too much time doing things that are not helping us mature and grow? Right? I'm going to tell you all a joke because I think it's time for a joke this morning. <laughs> Just to wake you all up, okay? So here's, it's between a kid and a mom. So I know you guys can relate. This is a child. Oh, mom, when am I ever going to use math in real life? I'm going to grow up a super rich rock star, and I'll pay people to do math for me. Mom, well, why didn't you say so? That's a wonderful goal, and I know exactly how to help you pursue it. What do you think mom's going to do? The next day, mom, no more TV until you finish your guitar practice. Kid. Oh, mom, he thought he was going to get away with it, right? Sometimes we think we can get away with it. But no matter what we pursue, we will always have to let go of something. Does it make sense? If our pursuit is a TV or, or whatever your bad habit is, if that's your pursuit, you are letting go of something as a cost to going after that pursuit. Does that make sense? No matter what you pursue, there's something you will lose. So why not lose something that you don't really need by pursuing Christ instead? Amen? The next one that I think is a big one. Unforgiveness. This is a big one because we are all humans. We all get offended and we all have problems. Nobody is above the issue of unforgiveness. And what unforgiveness does is that it leads to bitterness. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And those things won't help us enjoy our life in Christ. They create emotional baggage and they distort our perception of people, life, and God. The best way, and this is something I'm going I'm to say because I can't spend too much time on this. This is a whole topic on its own. But the best way to address forgiveness is to do it by faith. You do it by faith. Because there are some offenses that are just so deep that it's not something you can just get over and forgive the person. Sometimes there's a process. But when you forgive and you say, God, you know what? This is hard. But I'm going to forgive this person and I'm going to let you do the rest. 
versus saying to yourself, I'm not forgiving. This is one thing you don't want to do is say, I'm not going to forgive this person because it hurts too much. Because the truth is that God understands and knows what it feels like to be betrayed and to be offended deeply. And that pain, God can heal. And out of that pain, something new will be born. I guarantee you. Amen? I did want to say that about unforgiveness. Um, And then the last but not least is having other gods. Having other gods. I'm going to be quick with this one. Um, Anything that you put before God, money. Money is a big one. Let's not put money before God. Let's Let's prioritize. Let's allow God to be number one. Let's allow God to know that we trust him. And we trust where he's taking us. And that he will provide. And allow him to provide. Amen. Let's not let our ambitions come before God. Let's allow God to take us where he plans to take us. Amen. Because he has a good plan for each and every single one of us. Amen. Okay. The last one here. And I ha- we haven't left our story from the woman because we're not done with her yet. No, we're not done with her yet. <laughs> Be present and trust God's process. Be present in your today and trust God's process. Matthew 6.33 says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? That's it. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. And here's the phrase I want us to focus on. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Everybody say, sufficient for the day day. is its own trouble. Trouble. Let's not go ahead of God in our mind, right? We do that way too much. Let's focus and be present now with God, with what he's doing today. And tomorrow is brighter. Tomorrow becomes better. Be present with God. Focus on our today. Focus on what do I need to do today? What does God have me to do today? And tomorrow automatically will start to take care of itself. And then tomorrow when it comes, we'll do the same thing. And you begin to build small and small and small. Amen? Does it make sense? The problem with the Israelites in the wilderness was they didn't trust God's process. That journey, anybody know how long that journey should have taken them? It was only supposed to be 11 days. The journey from their imprisonment to their freedom, from the new land, was 11 
days. That's a week and change. They spent 40 years because they didn't trust God's process. These are the same people. Have you ever seen bread come down from heaven to feed you? Have you? It just You could just catch it and eat it. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't even have to work, worry about getting ready, make breakfast in the morning. It's just, you just catch it and you're there eating. Can you believe they were complaining about this bread? That God, why do we have to keep eating this bread like this? We're getting tired of it. But the truth is, it's the human condition. Because they couldn't trust God for the process. Every single thing they were complaining. They would tell Moses, Moses, you brought us out here to die. They're complaining. God, you're on a journey with Christ. And the Bible says, you will live and not die, but declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. So we go back to our woman. We go back to our woman. What do you think made her? She had a wall, right? She could see Jesus. She's telling herself, he's the one that has the answer for me. But I'm not supposed to be among people. What am I going to do? She was relentless in her pursuit of Christ. And she said to herself, I'm going no matter what because I know that he has the answer for me. Do we know that Christ has the answer for us? I don't know what might be ailing you this morning in your soul, what you carry, what's going on. But can we believe this morning that Christ has the answer for us? And she pressed and she pursued Christ and went into the crowd. So much so, her, she was so relentless that among the crowd, everybody's touching. Everybody's, everybody's touching Jesus. And Jesus turns around to one woman and says, who touched me? How relentless are we that we make God know that we've tapped into his power. How has our mindset been made up that we will say that he is the one I want, he is the one that has answers for me, and you will make up your mind and it doesn't matter to you. That is what you're going against societal norms, going against tradition, going against your family, going against what somebody might have told you. And saying, this is what I'm going after. And I'm touching the hem of his garment. And power left Jesus. And she was healed. Amen? Amen. Let's be relentless this morning. And I'm closing with this. Let's trust God's process. Let's allow him to shift our mindset. And let's pursue Christ this year. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Hallelujah.
Lord God, this morning, for those of you who want to make a commitment to just pursue Christ relentlessly, make that commitment with him this morning. Lord, this morning, we make that commitment to you to pursue you relentlessly, Lord. We allow you into our lives to shift and change it so that we could pursue you, Lord. May grace abound upon your people this morning, O Lord God. May you cause healing in their bodies, O Lord. May you cause healing in their soul, O Lord God. Whatever anybody is going through, Lord, you have the answer for them. May they receive it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. May their journey start today, O Lord God, and keep them and bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for what you have started today, and we will continue to pursue you relentlessly this year. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Over to you, Pastor Robert.